Welcome to another episode of For the Culture Podcast, the soccer podcast for us, by us, the intersection of soccer and black culture. We got something special for y'all today. It's when the Power Rangers and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles come together. <laughs> hey, man. You got FTC. You got River City 93. Man, what's up? How's it going? Man, it's great, man. I'm just over here drinking a Hitty Mimosa, you know, watching Power Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> classy, classy. Henny <laughs> Mimosa. Yes, man. Henny Mimosa. I didn't know about that one. Yo, it is so lit. Yo, I had a one, it just one um, black brush hair enrichment. And I asked the dude, I was like, yo, what's the uh, recipe for it? You gave me the recipe? Yo, I make that drink all the time when I have people over, y'all. Yo. Can, can we share it on the socials? Man? Right. Go ahead. No, Tony, you can't get it because you talked about pouring out Henny, and that's God's gold. <laughs> we don't waste God's gold. <laughs> hey, man, I mean, it's just showing love, it's showing respect, man. You know no. I'm talking about pouring out Henny. Oh, who is you? Don't <laughs> so disrespect me. Right. I had to kiss my chest for a second. Like, is this right? Oh, you, man. The nerve of this fool. God damn, <laughs> even? Is that what they do in Georgia? Lord. (laughs) So how how y'all holding up during the quarantine, man? Man, my biggest problem is no soccer. It's killing me. It's real. It's killing me. I'm I'm rewatching old games, and I'm like, where's the new stuff, man? (laughs) Yo, it's gotten to the point now where on FIFA, I will simulate a World Cup and then watch the CPU play each other to be like, oh, damn. I can't really watch this. You're on the edge of your seat like, oh. Right. Yo, getting six to four in the final. (laughs) Right? Getting excited for nothing. <laughs> Tony, what about you, man? How's it been? Hey, man, it, it's it's crazy, as you know. Like, I mean, the couple times you have gone out to the stores, you know, to see people trying to practice social distancing and to see the the craziness. You know, you hear these stories. Like, I was at the uh, Walgreens and the the uh, cash register lady. She was telling me about, you know, they had to call the cops. You know, half an hour before because one lady was going off the handle talking about you invading my six feet you invading my six feet she's trying to kill me she's trying to kill me and sorry just, <laughs> oh my goodness no lie and the thing about it it turned out it was an elderly woman who was within her six feet bubble they be, like, be the ones that take people with them man <laughs> <laughs> no nah. crazy though no, you know, like you go to a store, they got everything taped off to show six feet. You know, some of them, I'm like, is that really six feet though? Y'all obviously didn't pass math class, you know what I'm saying? But um, everybody on my timeline was either at the parks, at somebody barbecue, or at the club. Man, I was like, we ain't never getting off punishment, man. We gonna be a no, punishment. Never. Oh no, never. <laughs> never. man, uh, it's all natural selection, dog. Yeah. Natural selection. That's it, man. Yeah. 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 They like forget it, man. I'm gonna go, but I did see something lit on Twitter, man. These people had a slip and slide, so it was a relay race. They slid down on a slip and slide, and then it was shots on the end. You had to take a shot, and then you had to slide back and tag your teammate. I was like, yo, I'm bringing that to Juneteenth, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. man Juneteenth about to be a digital event. <laughs> oh man, no, no. That's why. Look, I saw a post. Uh, a few a few days ago, where someone basically said, "Everybody stay inside. I got shit to do this summer." <laughs> <laughs> basically, basically, 
Shoot, I mean, I've got stuff to do. I can't. I ain't got time to be sitting here staying in the house for a whole year. Uh-uh. Nah. This summer, I got it planned out. <laughs> nah, I can't have this. Shoot, I'm starting. I'm starting. This has made me realize this is like my normal life. Right. Usually, my wife be going with her friends. She been home, so I just been starting fights so I can go outside. Yeah, <laughs> 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 Yeah, man. Like, I be trying to start an argument so I can play FIFA in peace, and now I'm like, damn, she right there. I can't start an argument. <laughs> She's like, where am I going? <laughs> I don't know. Go to the porch. Go somewhere. So I'm, in, I'm intentionally not finishing series on Netflix. Like, I'm like, yo, this is too soon. Like, I can't be, uh-uh. I can't be finished with all five seasons of some. Hey, go lie, dog. I finished Tiger King, like, an hour before we got on here. Yeah, I literally said, "What the fuck?" Like, yeah. every ten minutes, bro. That shit's a train wreck, but it's worth watching, man. <laughs> hey, I'm only in, I'm only in the second uh, middle of the second episode right now. Man. Oh, hey, oh, uh, listen, we'll talk about it. We'll, we'll talk about it, man. Let's, let's talk about. It. Hey, I want to start off, man. Actually, let's just get into Tiger King, man. Let's just start there. Yeah. So, if anybody hasn't checked this show out on Netflix, it's a documentary about uh, it's about a gay redneck tiger breeder in Oklahoma and his rivalry with a woman in Florida. Like, it's all like it sounds absurd. It sounds insane, man. Uh, Joe Exotic and then Carol. Time out. Wait, whoa, 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 Ringo, you missed the important thing. What's he's up? Also, a mu- he's a musician. Oh, he's a magician. Hey, hello, Sam Banks. Hello Kitty Pace. I listen to that tape. Hello Kitty Stalks. Yo, yo, he got some hits. He got some hits, man. He got, he got some bangers out there, dog. Hello Kitty Pace. He got some hits, man. So I was like, so there's a whole sub like how y'all talk about like black soccer fans and soccer fans and subculture. Man, there's a subculture of tiger breeders around the world, man. They breed these tigers. Like they said that the United States has more tigers than in the world than in the world. You know, that's yeah. nuts. I mean, I can expect it. The Americans used to steal stuff that ain't theirs. True. White hey, white people are collecting tigers like black people got pit bulls, man. And you gotta look at it this way. Most of them are probably in Texas because they the crazy ones that be doing stuff like this. That's true. That's true. That's true. So, man, what what y'all think, man? Y'all think Carol Baskin's husband disappeared? Oh, she fell no. She fell <laughs> Come on now. It's too. I mean, come on. Like she been playing that for decades. We know that. Listen, she remind she remind me of a fan of the podcast so much, man. I can't even lie to you. She does. <laughs> oh. oh man. I was, I was sitting there like, man, I recognize these mannerisms. <laughs> yo. <laughs> yo, honestly, yo, I can't wait for someone to do like the Joe Exotic Tifo with Ooh. all these lifts up. Man, I yo. can't wait. <laughs> Ooh, somebody get on that. Somebody get on that. That's going to be tight. Right. Yo, you, you see how Shaq immediately had to distance himself from the saying that he didn't know what was going on behind the scenes type of thing. Yeah. No, see, it's so crazy that, um, see, Tony, spoiler alert, with uh, the alligator pin, the situation happened with the alligator pin, uh, he it was like, those are Michael Jackson's alligators. And the, and the, the documentary is so crazy, they didn't even have to bring it up. Those are Michael Jackson's alligators. 
Like, that's how nuts Tiger King is, man. It's crazy. Oh, gosh. And then, oh, boy, the part that I'm on, like, they talk about old boy um, who, you know, they base loosely uh, Scarface off of. Yeah. You know, who, um, that breeder or whatever, who uh, was the drug kingpin at first, and then he got into the whole exotic animal world. Right. Uh, yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I, I, I was a shock to me too. But the guy, um, what was the guy? The Antel guy, the guy in uh, South Carolina. Oh yeah, with the multiple wives, bro. That oh, that God. dude lives a mysterious life. Swear to God, like, <laughs> yo, <laughs> I, I want to be him, but I don't want to be him. like this dude. Like, cult, <laughs> dude. Oh, my being a cult, when he said, like, yo, there's going to be another Waco, everybody's like, yeesh, yeah. all right, maybe we need to step back from Tiger King. It was cool for a while until you said that shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Listen, keep, Tony, Tony, keep watching. Let me know what you think at the end, man. It, get, it gets yeah. crazier. It's crazy. Yeah. But, man, I guess we get to some footy, man. You guys want to talk about whatever little bit of news is out there. Um. Man. So EPL and the Bundesliga said they're coming back in May. So I mean that's a sign. That's how we may get some soccer. Y'all think it's gonna come back in May or they gonna keep no. 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 This is gonna go for a no. while. No. I think I think they just might call it season for 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 Europe, period. What do you mean like just think- like null and void or just award the winners? And losers. I don't know. I think I think the reason why we haven't heard is because they're still trying to decide. Because you know, because to me, you know, like I talk well the Premier League. You know, it's like all right, Liverpool is so far ahead, right? But it's everybody after that. It's like all right, who's in fifth and sixth place? There's so many points close together. The relegation battle. Everybody's like three points away from each other. So it's like, so are you going to relegate these people just because y'all call the season? Like honestly, they should just wipe the season. And just start over next season, man. Just like nobody won. Just twenty twenty season be an asterisk. And so uh, we we have serious problems because all the Liverpool fans are gonna go come for your neck. And yeah. You no, no, it's not even Liverpool fans. It's Leeds fans. Because if you tell Leeds fans like, "Oh, we're not getting into the prep," they actually kill everyone. Oh, in like you might actually riot. <laughs> But see, and that's the thing I'm talking about. There's so many people like around, like uh, in every league that it affects, and they just call it and say, "This is the league. This is the final standing." It's not fair. They might as well just wipe it and just start it over next year. And you know, but you see, that's the thing. You start over next year, and we have a completely different season. Then Liverpool fans feel robbed. Leeds fans feel robbed. They do. Because, they do. But what about? I mean, what about Norwich fans? What about you know Villa fans? Like if they get relegated just by off points, it's not fair to them because they were they were they were winning games. They're starting to win. Liverpool was losing games, so it's like who knows what could have happened in either way, any side of the table in both the Championship as well as the Premier League. So it's like it's not fair for anybody. Yeah, I think what will happen yeah, this is, is I think it will come down to. I mean, each league is going to do it differently because in the Bundesliga, that race is a lot tighter than it is in the Premier League. That's so You can officially yeah. say, like, hey, Liverpool won the title, and then the teams that are in the relegation battle, maybe like the last five, the last five teams. It's, it's not just a relegation battle because between, like, seventh and fourth, it's, like, literally five points. Yeah, even like, even in the middle of the table, it's still close. It's like, especially now that, uh, what is it, City's in trouble. So there's a cha- there's two Champion League spots that are available for teams that may have never gotten it. If, so it's like, they want that. Like, that's money. And if yeah. you call it, it's like, like yeah. go ahead. Yeah, like, Sheffield United are literally calling up Manchester United and Chelsea back. 
Like, it, it's close. It's too close for them to be like, oh, yeah, well, it would have been the same anyway. We've had seasons where the top four have been far and away from everybody else, right. and you would have been able to be like, all right, whatever, it's done. But at this point right now, and, and even at, and like you said, the relegation battle is really close between, like, 15th and 20th. It, it couldn't go any way. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> 16th place and 19th place, 16th place and 18th place, They all three of them have – 27 points. So that means Bournemouth yep, exactly. just because like it's not right for them. And in the games at hand, like games played, uh let's see, Aston Villa's only played 28 games. Arsenal's only played so they should games. Sheffield's only played 28 yep. games. You know what I mean? City's only played 28 games. So it's not fair to them. So it's like Man, you know, it's a no win. It's a no win situation for yeah. anybody. There's, I yeah, mean, yeah, that's true. Because you close to please everybody. You are you, not going to please yeah. everybody. If you swipe down all the leagues and close down everything, then that doesn't help anyone. But if you say like, all right, we're going to end it right now, it doesn't help anyone. So either way, I mean, you're going to have it, to lose. I think Bundesliga might have had the best solution to it, where they said like, we'll call the season and then we'll promote the teams that were in those promotion spots. Have an expanded table, and then we'll relegate. I think five teams the following year. So oh, that's a possibility. I like that idea. I like that idea for the. That is really, yeah, that's a good idea. I like. It. What's interesting would be the comparison to like you know during the times of when there was world wars. You know what was going on and what decisions were made. Obviously, there wasn't the amount of depth of teams and amount of you know financial investment in teams as they are now. But you know those decisions had to be made during world wars. Or what to do with seasons and people fighting for people actually fighting in the wars and stuff like that. But yeah. I think that's the closest comparison you can have to what happens with leagues. Got to figure out. All right, what so, are we going to do with this? So those of us that aren't like history soccer buffs, leave it up to a Howard person to drop history out of nowhere. So like, what, are, <laughs> what did they do during a World War? Like what did they do during the World War? Like the, the European Cups, like or the the FA Cup or. I don't know what the league. They had, I mean, they they had the thing about it was like obviously there were still people competing and stuff, so they had people you know coming in and playing from different types of towns and stuff like that. So, right. Um, I mean, you don't have that same scenario, obviously, but I mean that's the that's the same type of huge impact you have on the league where you know there are still teams that were impacted and weren't heard from for a while uh, because of the financial um, issues, and obviously we're going to see that. I mean, I it's we talk about this in all our chats and tweets and everything like that. Like if to even like have this discussion about leagues coming back and this and that, whatever, we're really not prepared to see like all these teams folded. Like, I think we're going to see a lot of teams folding more than we're prepared to really deal and admit yeah. it's going to happen. Um, yeah. I mean, of course the big ones, they're going to be all right, but even like you know, within the Premier League, like those teams, like you said, those teams that are fighting relegations on, they might not. Set oh, well, see, well, I, can I say this? Can I say this, Tony? Yeah. I agree with you, but I think it might be the other way around. I actually, yeah. I think teams that are like the smaller clubs, i.e., like I'll use Richmond Kickers for instance. I think they're more prepared for something like this because they're not. Their whole money thing isn't coming off of these big television Big financial contracts. investments, yeah. Yeah, it's big financial investments where it's like you have to do X, Y, and Z. A lot of those clubs and stuff like that, like they have to run multiple stuff. These right. smaller clubs, like you take Richmond, for instance, they're really managing off of youth club scouting, so you already got that paycheck in. Maybe a couple of investors, but it's nothing substantial where it's like, all right, we can just 
the contracts of the players aren't hitting you as hard where it is like at a PSG where Neymar is making $400,000 a week. Mm-hmm. You know? That's a good argument. Like, it's hit. I think it's going to hit bigger teams more, and I think you're going to start seeing the scale back of those balloon contracts. You know, those insane wages. Yeah, and yeah. I think you're also going to see more. I, I was reading a report earlier about how they're the uh, who was it? Um, the Dutch league was having conversations with the NBA about how do player to player trades work because the um, the Netherlands is looking at the doing. Instead of you paying money for a player, because they're like, all right, it's financial crisis. Like, people are going to hike up the price. You have to do a player. Like, you have to trade a player for player for equal, you know, almost like equal. Like, um, how, they do, how, how they do it in MLS. Whoa. That's the thing you're doing in Europe now? Hey, hey. You say top five. Let me find out MLS is the fourth one for something. <laughs> but, all right, so, hey, yeah. I can guarantee you Don Garber's rubbing his hands like, hey, yes. y'all want to know about this Tam again, baby? Yeah, he's like, yeah. <laughs> Cut the check. <laughs> yeah, so that kind of leads. Well, I mean, go ahead. You, you, I think you, you, you make a good point, Elliot, but you also have to look at the fact that while you look at these huge clubs like Manchester City, Manchester United, PSG, Real Madrid, they're not only making their money off of TV deals. Yeah, that's where a big chunk of their money comes from, but they have sponsors. They have jersey sales. They have, and especially now during this time, they're probably, they probably have things set up on their websites and on TV networks where they're re-airing some of their older material and you still have to pay for it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. The, the clubs that are struggling the most are the ones that they're de- they depend on ticket sales. Those are the ones that are going to get hammered the most because ticket sales are done. Yeah. Like, yeah. they're more tickets. That's it. It's done. Yeah, it's, yeah that's true. It's, it's tough. It's tough. It's really tough. And like you said, talking about the, the players that, you know, have ridiculous contracts like Neymar and um I don't know Alexis Alexis Sanchez, Alexis Sanchez. <laughs> I, I yeah Pogba yeah yeah making big money just to sit at home and just literally sucking the money out of these clubs it's gonna be it's gonna be tough it's gonna be tough yeah, I, I, what's, it's, I think it's gonna change the way the works. I don't know if they'll switch to that to the MLS slash NBA NFL style of player trading, but there will be a. I think what it will be, it will be a sense of okay. It's been. I think this is also a wake up call that it's been getting ridiculous with the amount of money these players are getting. Yeah, I think there's. I definitely think there's going to be kind of like a recalibration of a player contracts. Yeah, because um, no, it's, it's almost kind of. Well, theoretically, like after the 08 crisis, you know, you had to kind of reset, like, yo, this, this ain't working for everybody involved type of thing. Exactly. Like, yeah, there's these, this top percentile that's working for, but as a, you know, a sustainable model, this is not going to work anymore. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, unfortunately, it takes all these deaths and this mass situation to change the financial structure within the modern soccer game now. Um, it sucks. It sucks. It does. So yeah. and, and it makes it for a boring yeah, life. For us, exactly. 
So what do you what do you all think about uh, the the soccer players, basketball players, all these players playing like FIFA and two K and stuff like that on live? Have you guys been catching any what's your thoughts on it? I mean, uh, I mean, I, it's it's cool to see. Um, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Not I mean, for me, Sorry. for me, it's like, and I've always been, especially whenever I'm coaching, I always tell kids, FIFA makes you a worse player. Um, so, so I always, I'm, I always never condone my my the players that I, the kids that I coach to be heavy into FIFA. Of course, you want to play video. I play FIFA, right? But I'm not gonna. I'm so in in that vein. You have these players that are trained to play the game for real. It doesn't translate the same way on a game console, right? So you have people out there that are that have been doing like FIFA YouTube streaming for almost a decade now, right? And it's like, uh, is it really going to be interesting to watch Mo Salah play FIFA when you got I don't know what are, what are some of the big names like Double A Nine skills? Uh, See, see, I feel I feel the same way because watching these players play, it, it, it makes me think they're so lame and corny now. And like I've been listening to them, I'm like, bro, you are whack, man. I was like, why is everybody look up to this guy? That's how I was like, bro, you shouldn't talk. I was like, I was like, I was like the more you talk, the more I'm like, bro, shut the hell up, man. Especially the NBA, oh, yeah. NBA players, I be like, man, y'all are just tall and cornballs, man. <laughs> I, 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 you know, for me, it, it's crazy because, like, we all know the storm is coming or it's here, but, like, the esports aspect, I've never been a fan of watching other people play video games. Um, it's just not my cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But it, at the same time, like, this generation that's coming up, it's a big thing. And, um, you know, it's interesting. I was talking to an athletic director here in the state of Georgia, and he was talking about, you know, he comes from, like, uh, school where football, basketball are kings, and he was talking about Tony. He has to fight esports as like taking away athletes away from you know playing football. Yeah. I was like, yeah. get the did you, out of here. Did you, watch, did you watch this last season of Ballers on HBO? Nah, so I didn't, they, I didn't finish the watch. That. Got you. So they get into esports, man. How much money they can make by playing it? And the um, the the guy was like, man, I don't have to worry about concussions. I don't got to worry about injuries right. doing this. I'm bringing in six figures and up by playing games. And I already play games for free. So that's what these kids right. are saying. They're like, yo, this motherfucker's making six figures in high school, man. Fuck, man. Like, forget getting out there playing football. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and that's what I'm saying. Get that. Yeah. Money. Go ahead. Would you rather? Would you rather have a concussion, <laughs> right, or die in Call of Duty? <laughs> I, know, I, have, I have no problem with right. that. I, please, by all means. But, but you know, you, you brought the good thing, the interesting thing too, as well as like you know, just because you're you know a good FIFA player does not mean you translate into a good soccer player. Obviously, yeah. you know that. But um, he was saying that also, more about me. Let, there's also coaches too, because the one thing I've always been annoyed with when I work with my coaches too is like, please do not be a joystick coach. And what I mean by that, where you're a coach yelling out every single directive to your players. Yeah, oh, okay. do this, get that. No, no, no. oh, let them grow into that. Hey, anyway, that's my bad. That's my bad, coach. My bad. I used to do that. I used to do that. I had to learn how to shut up. I had to learn. I'm like, hit the wing, hit the wing. <laughs> <laughs> the 
one, one one dope thing I saw online that's come out of this is that the the like the NASCAR racers, the Formula One racers, they already trained like on like sports yeah. and stuff like that. So what they've been doing yeah. is actually having digital races on it. They have the rig set up and everything like that, and like they've been getting like like 600,000 tuning into the races and stuff. So that could be like the future of racing. Like racing seems like it's working out in this esports era. That's because of this coronavirus, which is really cool and interesting that racing is actually taking off. Hey, to be honest, yeah. for them, it actually works for them. Because like you, the, the controls for it are exactly the same. Like you can yeah. actually set it up to work. It's actually like very smart for them. Because my brother, he's on, um, you know, Virginia State University. <laughs> Um, hey, yeah. um, he has an internship with NASCAR, and like, what is internships he has to set up is like digital, uh, virtual driving mm-hmm. courses. So before you go into NASCAR, they put you in like you have to have so many virtual hours to get used to driving and things like that. So it's actually like I can actually see them doing that. Yeah, it, it's tight. Yeah, man, I send a link out on the social, um, um, salt on the verge.com. Anybody that's into gaming, into racing, and check it out, it'd be pretty dope. Check it out. Um, kind of. Uh, so you guys know what today is, right? It's uh, it's been a year since Nipsey. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's true. I don't, I don't know if y'all covered Nipsey when he passed on River City last year, man. I don't know. If no, nah, man. We were just starting. <laughs> exactly. We were just getting started. <laughs> were, were you guys fans of Nipsey Hustle and Life in or After Death? Oh, I. I would say this. I my brother told me about Nipsey a month before he mm-hmm. passed away, so I started listening to his music, and I wasn't really like I was, like, eh, you know, I come back to it in a month yeah. or two. Maybe I thought it was more like summertime right. music, and then when he died, it was like, oh, like I started listening to it more, and I was like, okay, but I really started. I, I mean, he has a good. Yeah, he's he's a good artist. Yeah. I was I was bumping uh I was bumping Nip for like a good two three years before, especially when that Victory yeah. Lab came out. When Victory Lab dropped. That thing, that album, like it, 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 it hit me. And it's like one of those albums that I would just always coast out, ride out to, especially when you're stuck in traffic on mm-hmm. five. Um, and I'll just ride out to that. So I always, Victory Lap is by far one of my favorite it was albums. His, nah, you know, you know, what's years, the, uh, the video, uh, the video where he slapped the BET assistant. That's what made me fan of them. I was like, oh, he's slapping people? I'm like, listen to this music. I know he does. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I was like, I always like, I always like, listen to him because he had like that cool, like Ellie, like you said, that summertime vibe. So you always put it on, like yeah, yeah. when you outlines by the pool and stuff. But Tony went at Victory Lap. That was like his breakout album to me. It was like when that came out, I was like, oh, he's about to be up there with uh, J. Cole and all them. He thought well, yeah. the thing was, he was on the um, I think he was yeah, on the Joe and Drake with them. Yeah, yeah, with him yeah. Drake, but going. But no one like do. I, I mean, growing up in college, it was like all the attention was on Cole, right. Big Sean. It was right. like Wale, and I had I didn't hear of Nipsey until like I got out yeah. of college. Yeah, it's, yeah. Cause, like I said, but then, Nipsey didn't make college music. So like when we was in college, it was that party music. So Cole, you know what I mean? Wale, Drake. It was the party music that the girls moving. Yeah. Nipsey didn't have songs like that. Nipsey had like roll up and chill music. So unless you hung out with the stoners on the yard, I was like, you really didn't listen to him like that. Yeah, he's full on the record. He just did F Donald Trump. The fact that he has a song called F Donald Trump. The fact, like that alone, like. <laughs> 
It's not subtle at all. Like, man, F this fool, man. <laughs> he was, like, he was a different caliber. Like, he taught, like, black uh, like ownership. He taught, like, black pride, like, in his lyrics. Yep. And he made it relatable, like, to the kids. And that's what was dope about it. But, like, a young yeah, he was the way he was preaching what he was uh, rapping about. Yeah, especially financially, he says, you know, always money in, never out. You know what I'm saying? Like, keep it, keep your money coming in. Don't be spending yeah. it like that. Like, yeah, because not only not only being an artist, he was an entrepreneur. I mean, you could tell. I mean, with him being on some tracks and flying under the radar, people didn't even know him. He'd been in the game for a while. Just people just yeah. he didn't blow up until later on. Also, yeah. you want to know another uh, another moment? I knew Nip was a bro. Mm-hmm. You remember the Lakers and Rockets fight? And Nip stood up like he was ready to join the fight. <laughs> yeah, that's all I remember. I was like, oh, he's real. Yeah, yeah Brady. Yo, he was really and he hard. Had to stand up. I said, oh, Nick about to swear at somebody. You about to yeah. at somebody. <laughs> he's Yo. like, yeah, this is what I've been waiting for. This is what I've been waiting for. You can tell. Somebody pissed this off before that game. And then he saw the fight where he was, oh, yeah, I've been waiting to hit him up for the game. Like, I'm doing this shit for LA, man. I'm doing it for LA. <laughs> so, man, for like, man, for the culture, man, Nipsey, I know you listen to the podcast up in heaven, man. We still love you, man. Everybody down here still miss you. Miss him, man. We miss him. <laughs> Oh man, we still miss you, man. So, man, uh, I guess we get into man. Got you guys on from River City. Any news coming out of USL, man? Um, right now, only big news is coming out is leagues are still shut down. Um, we're probably imagining that we're probably not going to have a season here mm-hmm. in League One. Um, the way how everything's looking, and especially because I think in Toronto they said um they banned all big events for anything more than 10 people all the way to June 30th. So, of course, we have Toronto, too. Um, so, I, and Toronto, too, can't play unless they play every mm-hmm. game on the road. It really hurts. Um, I want to say for Richmond so far, I think we're going to be fine. I mean, granted, we don't play a year. I don't think it's going to hurt us as much financially because we still have the youth right. club as a part of it, and that's probably is our saving grace. Um, mm-hmm. I'm probably more worried about clubs like Union Omaha or – um, for Madison, just for instance, because I know you know how they play out of a baseball stadium. So how would that work? We freaking mm-hmm. that schedule. For Madison might be fine financially, but clubs such as like you know other clubs that might be coming in right. next year, just how does all got you? Like so, like, I you know, I kind of put it on the show notes to talk about um like how this is affecting the the kind of the the momentum that USL has had. Like, USL I mean, is growing. Like, fans are tuning in. They got TV deals now. And it's yeah. Like, it, again, people are buying jerseys. Like, 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 the North Carolina, the Dreamville kid, I was like, this is what USL needs. And then, boom, the Roni comes. I'm like, shit. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like not only, not only for USL, this was going to be a, a big year. I mean, just us locally here for the Richmond Kickers, we felt this was going to be a complete turnaround year. Like, when watching some of the preseason games, um, we were excited for the season. Yeah. Excited. Like, watching them play, we're like, ooh. You said, after those preseason games, rubbing my hands together, like, this is going to be a good season. going to be lit. (laughs) I mean, mean, if you go look at our schedule, I think, like, the first game, of course, was the Henny Derby against Roy Madison. Then we had New England Revolution on a Friday night. We would have saw a former goalie, right. Joe Rice. Then you would have had a U.S. Open Cup game against 
either Virginia United, who we played last year, or Christos FC, who, you know, beat us in the U.S. Open Cup for mm-hmm. a cup set. Um, so that was, it would have been, would have been dope as hell. And then you figure on the eighth, it would have been, um, <laughs> and then, I mean, our next U.S. Open game would have been against, I think, either DC United or, uh, North Carolina FC or Charlotte. So it would have been dope as hell. Like, the schedule was setting up to be it was dope good. Sure. Yeah, and it's like, it's, cause it's great. In the summer, you're seeing stadium renderings for all these USL championship club teams. You're seeing even like League One teams getting like permanent homes. And it was like, man, this is the growth that we need. And, and like, in US soccer, like, anybody listen to the show, I've always said US soccer is going to get pro rail when USL wins. And like, it, it seems like it was live. <laughs> That is so true. That is so true. It's like because like because like yeah. when they when USL decided to break up into the pyramid, I said, oh, okay, I see what they're doing. And I was like, I like this, and I was like, all right, people are tuning in. And then when they got the ESPN Plus deal, I said, all right, bet that's going to be the proving ground. Then they can get onto some ESPN. They can get on main ESPN for the big games. And I was like, it sucks, man. So I was talking to a league rep, and he was telling me he was like, the plan is for this year they were going to have. Two games on ESPN News. I think it was going to be uh, Greenville and South Georgia and Ford Madison and Union Omaha because those are like the two, you know, those were Robert. And they said if those do well, then they were talking about having five games the following year on ESPN, ESPN 2, yeah. ESPN News. So it's like, you know, this is League One. And you're talking about, you know, having five games it's, on big Which ESPN. is huge, man. And it's like, it sucks because especially if, like, you guys are saying – they might just scrap the whole entire season. So now you got all these people that make you guys work so hard in the off season to finally get them to come to a kicker's game. And then now it's gone. They're like, well, I tried. <laughs> but no, they see you would think that you would think like most people yeah. would just drop off. But oddly enough, there's still a lot of people who are like very interested. Cause I have my friends who hit me up. One of my friends, he never watched soccer. Any of that. He was going to come to mm-hmm. me with the Henny Darby. So he hit me up, and he was like, yo, I know the season's canceled, but if it kicks up his game, he was like, let me know. Like, I'm down to come to that game. And I think that's going to happen because right now you're getting this big push for, you know, local stuff, you know, going to see local eateries, local businesses, things like that. And I think a lot of these – I don't think it's going to hit MLS as much, and it might. But these local um, clubs and whatnot, you know, your Louisville's, your um, Ford Madison's, your Richmond Kickers, things like that, it's going to hit them – to a whole different level because of the fact that, you know, people are dying to watch real-life soccer, real-life sports, and people are going to, you know, take advantage of that. Yeah. Hey, like, you, you bring up a good point of, in the sense of, like, the impact of everything. Like, you know, now you talk about all these local businesses and how they're going to be forever changed and that they'll still be around and open and supporting these these teams. And, like, even thinking about, like, you know, what's the landscape like where I'm going to watch games in the group setting the next time like is my local restaurant going to be open where I normally watch the game yeah. yeah like that's going to be crazy like that whole landscape and that again that's going to be different now yeah it's, it's, it's nuts man it's nuts I guess only like you know like with the European League all the time is going to tell you know only time is going to tell hopefully hopefully you know everything works out for our domestic leagues here in, in North America I mean, the Canadian League was just popping off, too. It's like, what do they do? 
Sure, the women's league was just getting yeah. momentum. Like, I mean, they were getting the investment. Yes, yeah, the women's league as well. The women's league was finally getting investment. You know, it uh, it sucks, man. Yeah, and now, yeah, like I even saw the day like USL was thinking about having their own women's league, and you know I was interested. Yeah, I never heard about. Out. I never heard about that. Go on about that. Yeah, so pretty much, um, I think it came out around December, or November. I can't get the date wrong, but um, there were talks about USL developing a competing women's league for NWSL. Well, it really came out that USL was just having think about having a women's league that can feed into NWSL. NWSL. So it's almost like a, a pyramid. We have NWSL on top, maybe the USL leagues, and then WPSL, which is more semi-pro, I think. Um, but there were talks about them doing it. I don't know the exact timetable, but I know there was talk. Yeah. That's tight. And honestly, for the women's game, like you know, that would be cool because you have so many girls that play the game that aren't going to make it to the NWSL. So for them to have a kind of a pyramid to grow through the system to, I mean, it helps it helps them get professional. It helps the women's national team even more by giving real yeah. peace to some of these girls outside of college. Yeah. And I, I mean, another thing is that just this women's world, the next women's world cup, you know, people have been talking about how, especially with this, the, the She Believes tournament that just went down, like right before this madness, you saw that now it's not a done deal. Like you're not going to look and see, oh, next World Cup, USA going to win it in a walk. Other oh, countries yeah. actually challenging the U.S. And okay, we've got another one, three years until the next one. And this kind of puts a stop on it because a lot of these countries like Spain, uh, France, England, Germany, Australia, even though they have a very big women's game, it's very fragile. And yeah. very fragile, this, this could really be a big setback for it. And I just, I just hope that it doesn't, it doesn't yes. kind of setback. Because I, I do feel that the women's game here in the U.S. will be okay. Even with yeah. the, the, you know, all, all sports, all the basically. But, <laughs> If we go to the next World Cup and it's like, yep, everyone got his set back by the coronavirus and USA just breezing through again, it'll again start to lose its credibility. The, the Women's World Cup won't be as interesting anymore if from day one everyone knows USA going to coast. You know? That's, that's a good argument. That is a good argument. I'll actually like that. That's true because, you know, last Women's World Cup was one of the – I would say was the best Women's World Cup since the, the tournament started because how, yeah. how, how how close it was. In theory, I guess. Women went under – the U.S. team went undefeated. But still, in theory, you saw the growth of the women's game around the world. So Exactly, yeah. 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 I think it also was an interesting World Cup because it was the tr- – I would say it was the first Women's World Cup to get – the proper mm-hmm. coverage that it deserved. Granted, 2015 had some good coverage, but it wasn't anything as in-depth as what 20, uh, 2019 had. Because, one, you had U.S. women's soccer going through their legal battle. You know, will they perform? Will they step into it? Then you had them beat Thailand 13 nothing. Then you had uh, Rapino said her remarks about Trump. You had the, what was the Jamaican soccer team not getting paid. So all these stories were coming out, and it was like you had people that were properly reporting, and you have you know, one thing that we always talk about on our show, and I know you guys talk about this, having 
the right representation. And they actually had like actual women that played the game that know these players talking about it, where other years it's been men <laughs> talking about it or, oh, we'll just throw a female reporter out there and talk about women's sports, which she, not no credit to her, but she hasn't played the game. You actually had credible resources telling you like, hey, this is what's happening. Yeah. This is what's going yeah. on. Right That's now. tight. I'm going to keep an eye on, like I said, the, like you guys said, USL Women's League. Cause that, that'd be really interesting to see if that actually can uh, bear some fruit outside of rumors. Yeah, that, it'd be interesting yeah, to see. All right, man. You, anybody got, y'all got anything else? Y'all want to get into listener questions? I guess we should take a break before we get into listener questions. Let y'all got something else. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, let's go take that break. Let's go pay some bills. Let's get, let's drink some more. Hey, y'all, y'all go read yeah. it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, man, coach, we'll take a break. We'll be right back. We'll jump right into your listener questions. What's going on, culture? I want to go ahead and jump in the middle of this conversation and bring to you a new sponsor that we have for the culture. Doing something for the ladies. You know, we've been stuck in the house due to the coronavirus. The brand Bikini Grand has decided to sponsor the podcast. They love what we're doing. They want to offer something special for the ladies out there. On BikiniGrand.com, check it out, BikiniGrand.com. It's a swimsuit boutique. They're offering unique swimsuits, designs, accessories for that summertime poolside vibe. For listeners today to this podcast, we're offering 30% off on your cart if you use offer code FTCUTD. So ladies, I know you cooped in a house, legs probably hairy, you know what I'm saying? Nails looking crazy. So as soon as this get over, I mean, why not have a bikini that's ready for you to show out at the pool party? Why not have something for the beach? So check out BikiniGrand.com. Once again, use offer code FTCUTD to save 30% off on your purchase. Let's get back to the show. right into listener questions man thank you everybody that sent your questions in uh, we will shout you out when we read your questions like i said thanks for participating uh i guess we'll jump into the uh the first question came from uh alex uh payson on twitter his question was is culture really over club or is it about inserting culture into the club what y'all think Ooh, ooh. Uh, Tony, you you want to go? <sighs> yeah, because I, I, I mean, I feel like I'm, I'm responsible <laughs> for that one. Um, yeah, so that's that's a good question because you know, even initially when we talked about when we started this whole podcast and this group and everything, you know, I think originally what started us was like we were trying to you know insert culture like i mean we even have in our catchphrases and we have in our taglines and everything but what kind of what has grown and you know i guess matured out of that is that we've recognized that like the cultures of whatever we're exposing celebrating um highlighting like all that 
goes more than the club affiliation. So I, I'm going to stick with club. I'm not a cultural club. You know, in certain culture, like, we, we I, I feel like it's always going to be, you know, a yin and yang, a positive and negative, a good guy, bad guy type of thing. Right? And so, uh, you know, as long as there's, there's always our podcast, you know, both us and River City, there's always going to be Italian football. Game, you know what I'm yeah. So, um, yeah. <laughs> I think it's definitely going to be. Exactly. That's how I feel the same way. Because, like Issa said, I'm voting for everything black always, man. At the end of the day, man, right. it, you have to, especially being in black culture, you have to be able to stick up for your culture before you stick up for your football club. So it's like you have Definitely. to defend yeah. people and who they are before you talk about that badge. Yeah, it's you know it's cool yeah. to insert culture into the clubs and things like that, but these clubs are going to exploit that culture, and they're not going to hire any executives that look of color. When's the last time you see the black manager in any top flight football league? Shouts out Terry Henry, you made it, brother. But still, it's between. So to me, it's always culture over club. Yeah, uh, I I look at it as a different way. I will say that I think it's inserting your culture into the club, but at the end of the day, your culture always comes first. Who you are as a person comes first. Because, like for instance, Richmond Kickers. If no one knows, me and Center are diehard Richmond Kickers fans, but we're not afraid to tell you that the Kickers are pretty yeah. white. They are, yeah. Not. <laughs> <laughs> not, yeah. I'll keep it honest with you. And I tell, like, I'm not afraid to say that to the president or no one. Like, I tell them, you guys say that you represent Richmond when you really only West. represent the West End. Oh, so yeah. That's it. <laughs> There's no signage on any other part of town. But I think it's, you know, making sure that I'm the forefront of that culture and letting them know, like, hey, if you're going to do something, go 100% in. Don't BS it. Don't pander people. You know, if you want the black people there, don't expect them to come to you. You go to them and you make it. You know, you make it feel like a family yeah. event. That's you know, that's, that's the most important thing. Yeah, I mean, for for me, I think they're both important because I do feel that the club is a conduit for the culture. The club is is mm. a way to share the culture mm-hmm. to open that dialogue about difference of culture in a, in, in a relatively more safe and stable environment as opposed to cold approach. Because I, one thing that I have noticed being a Richmond Kickers fan ever since I moved to Richmond, because I'm not originally from Richmond, but ever since I moved to Richmond, ever since I started following the Richmond Kickers and supporting the Richmond Kickers, I have been able to share my culture with people who normally in normal occasions wouldn't have even bothered to learn about. Mm-hmm. It, this is so true. I've got so many white friends that are being a kicker's fan. <laughs> and, so, and, and, and that's the thing. And it's, it's a means to, to, to teach about the culture. It's a means to, to bring more awareness to the culture. Now, and, and I think where the biggest, struggle is is that it's only recently that we've had a bigger black American demographic in soccer. Because before, I mean, when you see a black person at a soccer game, he'd be the Caribbean or African. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> this is, yeah. 
And to be completely honest with you, when I saw Shadir at the Kickers game, yo, I was like, yo, is another black person here? Like, yo, what's good? <laughs> when when do we know the culture has been exploited? Oh, been when you start seeing soccer teams doing do rags. What? <laughs> I never forget that day. I saw who was it. Who was the soccer club? Someone did like some soccer club in lower league soccer somewhere. I forgot where it was in Europe. They were like, "Hey, who's your favorite rapper?" And they were trying to say like, "This rapper is this soccer player." I'm like, "Yo, this is the whitest shit ever." No, we gotta find. I'm about to search for that. I'm about to put that. It was like a long time ago, yo. But I remember seeing it, yo, and it was just horrendously bad. When it when it starts to, I mean, you can feel it. Pretty overt. You can feel it. Oh, yeah. All right. So our next question comes from our friends in the Chi-Town, Black Fire. They want to know, uh, what is the dream stadium that we all wanted to visit uh, around Ooh. the world? Anywhere in the world, where would you want to go? Uh, Shamir, go ahead and start us off. Old Trafford, Theater of Dreams. Old Trafford. Old Trafford. And I want to sit Stratford End. Stratford End. End with the dogs going crazy. <laughs> All right. Uh, Elliot, you got one? Yeah, I do. Um, so mine isn't a big European club. I actually I want to go to FC Union um, Berlin because I just want to check out the atmosphere because I, I know it's a dope atmosphere there. Yeah, it, look, it looks dope on TV. It looks super dope. Yeah. Tony, what you got? Oh, I'm about to go down to Argentina to go where Bubba Juniors play. Oh, know. that's a oh, perfect one. Yeah, the chocolate box. Ah. I'm about to go with that. That's that's number one. You know, until stuff really started popping off with Italy, uh, I would say San Siro, but um, yeah, I'm going to go at the Bubba yeah. Juniors first, Bubba Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I want to be a place where I'm decently welcome. Man, I know I'm not fully welcome, but. Uh, <laughs> I want to go somewhere. Oh, you know what? I take it back. Instead of Germany, I'll go uh, Marseille. Marseille Stadium. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, recipe yeah. to doof. Olympic Marseille. Yeah, oh, yeah. Ooh. Recipe to doof. The former president for Marseille passed away today of Corona. <sighs> yes, I heard that. Yeah. yeah. So, another, another Senegalese baller. You know what I'm saying? So, recipe. Yeah. Stadium. Taking everybody. So my stadium would be, I want to see um, the, the Serizo Osaka. It's one of the, uh, the the top teams in Japan. They're ultras. Like, they, uh, they uh, I know Copa 90s covered them. I know, like, a lot of people cover them. Like, it looks like a fun stadium to be in. It looks really pretty. And I've always wanted to go to Japan. So that would be where I would go. Yeah. Okay. All right. That was, that was a real mix of uh, responses on that. I like that. I'm like, yeah. man, we're, we're a culture, we're a culture group. <laughs> no fun intended. No fun intended. <laughs> All right. So the, the next question comes from uh, River City's fan base. Uh, you know, the deep question. You know, the whole uh, the whole brown sugar. You know, when did you? <laughs> when, did you <laughs> when did you fall in love with the game of soccer? We playing for your heart. <laughs> we playing for your heart. Yo, yo! Every time I still see that scene, like I still almost want to cry. I'm like, <laughs> no, man. And you know, right, Loki, yo, I can't stay in love with basketball, yo. 
Like he's, like he's me too. I think for me it got overplayed. Yeah, it, it, it overplayed. It got overplayed. Like if you really break down the movie, dude was about fitting the lever if he didn't tear his ACL. He was yeah. lever for a white woman. True. He tore his ACL. He's he was like, ah, oh, I love my black women. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Somebody finally sees the truth. <laughs> yeah. But let's not forget, Omar Epps almost left her. And he told his ACL, he was like, so I know we've been playing for love, but you want to have my baby? <laughs> Y'all stupid, man. <laughs> I'm still gonna leave my live in my dream world. I love that movie. I don't care what y'all say. Suck light skin. Suck All right, so I, 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 I go ahead and start off, man. I fell in love with the game of soccer. It was, uh, yeah, the gateway, the gateway drug for a lot of soccer fans of our age group, man, was, uh, the 06 World Cup. I was, oh, man, man, man I, it, uh, it was on ABC. I was at home. I was at home for my uh, first. It was the first year of college, man. I was at home. I was like the Go Go USA game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it was like that. I was there. I was sitting there like, man, what is this game of soccer? But I played when I was a kid, like when I was like six, seven. But like you know, in our communities, like unless you were like in a school or program that had it offered to you all the time, it wasn't really available. So as like when 06 World Cup came, man, I fell in love with the game of soccer. I discovered MLS. Like, I discovered uh, other teams that discovered European football, and I've been hooked ever since. I guess I'll go. Um, I had, like, two points when I fell in love. I guess initially as a kid playing, um, when I first started, like, becoming a goalkeeper when I was, like, 12 years old, um, you know, it was, like, around the mid-'90s. And, you know, again, I hate to be the old man in the rocking chair, but, like, you know, Soccer wasn't on TV that much, but when it was, you know, usually it was on, you know, Telemundo and Univision, and I was watching mostly the Mexican national team, and that's when I was watching Jorge Campos. You know, he was wearing his bright keeper kits. He was coming all out the box, dropping the ball down, dribbling past, you know, the other team and everything like that, and I was like, yo, this dude is wild and crazy, and, yo, his kit is off the chain, and then you find out, like, yo, he's designing this job, like, Yo, this man's he's like trying to be like LeBron before LeBron. He's doing all this, you know, massive pill <laughs> and he's getting his hand and everything. Right. And then you also at that time, Nike wasn't really into soccer yet. And he was like that one guy that was wearing Nike for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that's and I was I've been a Nike head since, you know, birth pretty much. And so that's when I started like, okay, I gotta watch this dude compost. And so around that was like mid nineties, but I was still, you know, a basketball head and basketball was still my love. I still had hoop dreams, you know. I, I, I still think I can make an NBA team, but you know, that's another discussion. Every black man does. I'm serious, man. You know, until I popped my Achilles, you know, I had a chance. Leave love. Yeah, and so then I fell in love with soccer. I came back, you know. Uh, <laughs> you was gonna leave it for a basketball. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. No, but then my my second time I fell in love was in college when you know when I was playing at Howard, like being immersed with you know my whole team, being from you know countries all over the world, and dealing with guys who were dealing with cultures where soccer is you know religion, and like my roommate freshman year, uh, Khalid Romain from Trinidad, 
like Khalid was just dropping knowledge to me about soccer from, you know, different aspects of the world. And just like, that's when I became immersed in it and just like learning tricks. I had never really juggled until then. That's when I started juggling in the room with him, you know, and um, that's when I started to like truly like, okay, I can be a student in the game. I think there's potential for me to deal with this as a career, you know, this and that and whatever. So, yeah, I had two points in my life when I fell in love with, with the game. I like it. I like it. What mm-hmm. we got next? Uh, funky. What are those in there? Uh, um, all right, I'll go. Um, for me, the first was when I was seven, seven years old. Um, Hipster. It was the 90s. <laughs> It was the 94 World Cup, and uh, this was when, you know, World Cup was here in the in U.S. The States, yeah. Yeah, and I went to, my dad took me and my cousin to a World Cup game at Foxborough Stadium, which is now Gillette Stadium. Right. Um, and it was Nigeria against Greece. And that game was so lit. I mean, there was so much action back and forth. Um, Nigeria won 2 nothing. Uh George scored the first one, literally chipping the keeper, like, like disrespectfully chipping the keeper. And the second one in the second half, uh, goal by, um, what was his name? Amokachi just ripped one from like 30 yards out into the top corner and I, like I was there watching that ball fly into the goal and I just my jaw dropped and just th- throughout the game the different the movement the way they moved the ball around I, it was just beautiful to me and I on the way home I remember for the practically the whole ride home I was quiet and when I got when we almost got home I said dad I want to play soccer and um and it, ever since then, it's, it's been like no turning back. But the second of moment that really made me really fall in love with the beauty of the game on like a nerd level was in the 98 World Cup, Argentina and England. Oh, that game was classic. That game was insane. I, I still think of uh, Michael Owen and his performance in that game. Good God. Yes. Michael Owen's performance in that game, you know, we're, we're talking about Diego Simeone being a coach right now. Yep. He, him being in that game, you know, David Beckham, um, Scholes, um, Batistuta, these big names. Batistuta. And, <laughs> and the, the vast difference in the way they were playing and how that, how the, the two, two styles of soccer clashed and how it just made this beautiful classic game, which is, like, considered one of the most classic games. That was, of yeah, all that time. was an instant classic, man. Like, that was the definition of instant classic. I, I, that one, I, I, I was like, okay, this is what this game can look like. Yeah. I'm, I'm all in 100%. So that, that, that was the second moment for me. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, no turning back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Long game. All right, so for me, I got three moments. Um, my first moment when I was at Virginia State, they had one uh, international sports channel and then only showed, like, inter- uh, Italy games. So one of the first games I ever saw was AC Milan versus Inter Milan, and this is when, like, Inter Milan was at the height of his powers and AC Milan. So it was, like, Kaka, Clarence Seedorf. Oof. Uh, who's on Inter Milan? I can't think of his name. Um, 
god. I can't remember the whole internet inner squad. But that I was one of the first games I watched. Was Neti there at the time? Yeah. Um, so that was one of the more interesting games. The second one was the 2010 World Cup. And, of course, the go-go USA goal. Like, I just got off work because in the summers I used to work at Jason's Deli. And, um, man, I got a working time to watch the game. And I would never forget, yo, like, I literally punched out my window because of how excited I was. Um, so I had to explain that to my mom. And, and then my third moment, and because 2010 to 2014, I wasn't really, like, paying attention. I was still a big NFL and college football and all that stuff because, you know, I grew up in the South. Uh, yeah. 2014 World Cup did it for me. And I, and I, to can tell you this, I watched every single game of the 2014 World Cup. And like my favorite game from that World Cup to this day is the Colombia versus Uruguay game where Hobbesburg announced itself to the world. And she doesn't tell you, I have a Hobbesburg Vegas stand. Like, I will fight anyone over him. When I heard he was about to come to Real, um, Manchester United, I was like, oh yeah, pay him whatever he wants. Pay him whatever he wants. Get Hamas Rodriguez to Manchester United in a heartbeat. He he was like the the bona fide like real life version of uh, Goal. He was, you know yeah. <laughs> he was the hood success story for Colombia. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's go. That's go. That's good, man. You guys got some like in in depth love for the game, man. Man. Respect. Yeah. Awesome. All right, so our next question comes from uh, Richmond Kicker fan base. Uh, if you were a soccer player, what are the three songs uh, that get you hyped pre-match? What would you listen to? Ooh, I like oh, I got you. I got you. I got these ones. Go ahead. All right, here we go. Yeah. Here we go. First, Nuck If You Bump. Yes. Okay, I'm a center back. <laughs> Nothing you buck. Yeah. We drop in some kind of Young Jeezy song. I don't care what it is. Yeah. Young Jeezy, we dropping it. Yeah. And then third, um, never would have made it. I gotta have a gospel track on there. Uh, you threw me with the yeah. never would have made it, but all right, I'm it. I'm it. I can deal with it. I, yo, I, 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 can, I can respect that. <laughs> Go ahead, uh, for me, for me, it, 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 you'll 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 see a, a, a theme here. The first one, Fast Lane, Eminem, Royce, Five Nine. Mm-hmm. Um, the second one, Speedum, Tech Nine, Chris Calico, and M. And the last one, just to really get me going when I get out there to get that I don't give a damn attitude. Buster Rhymes and Eminem, calm down. I like it. I like it. I like it. All right. I guess I'll go. I'll go. Uh, my three songs. So my two songs got the same title. I get Energy. Energy by Drake. Followed by Energy by um, Big Crit. And then, because uh, mm, I need to, you know, I, I admit ooh, I play the fifth still, energy and energy. And then I would, uh, I would end it up with uh, Kendrick Lamar, uh, all right, on uh, on Pimple Butterfly. All right, that's how, that's before ooh. I get the walk out. So those three songs, that get me there. 
Okay. Right. Okay. Respect. Respect. Then if we win, I play outstanding by Gap Band because you know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> See, I'm gonna have the load on my side because you know, never would have made it without him. <laughs> See, this is the reason why God didn't allow me to be a proper athlete. I would have no right <laughs> Yo, I got so I gotta say before I go on my list, like I had this teammate that to this day, like he actually, I think he listens to the show a little bit, Grant Carter. Oh boy, uh, he's also coached. He coached at Stevenson High School for a little bit too. Um, this dude before the games would be listening to like all like Mahalia Jackson, like all like gospel songs. I'm like, yo, man, like I feel you, but at the same time, like I mean, I'm trying to like bring the devil on our side. <laughs> like, we gotta be straight evil on this field, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, you got to kill him with kindness. <laughs> Have you accepted the Lord as your Lord and Savior yet? <laughs> you know <what> <laughs> like, man, you better get over that. I'm going to let you take that shot. I'm going to let you take that shot. <laughs> Imagine hearing that before you take a penalty kick. Like, have you accepted the Lord as your uh, Savior? You'd be so freaked out. I'm like, what? <laughs> that mess you up. That'd be worth the looking at the paper. That'd be worth the keeper looking at the paper. They made him a watchtower. They made a the keeper before someone take a PK. They made a couple until you be like, hey, you got your Easter suit ready. I got the seven buttons, man. I got the Steve Harvey special. Robin A. Blunt. Robin A. Blunt. DNK menswear, man. Go DNK menswear. Six suits for $99, dude. I think they still open during coronavirus. Awesome, man. So uh, I got to go with mine. Like, it's funny because I've been playing the same playlist for like probably like a decade at least now. Like, even when I still play my adult leagues. And um, if I do three only, I guess, you know, I'll probably start out with Jay. Uh, what more can I say? Mm. Um, ooh, what I go with that. What can I say? Go with that. Yeah. And then second is probably, um, oh, come on. You know, I got to go with Pastor Troy. I don't know. I, I either go with. You're trying to catch a charge? I remember. I'm a goalkeeper, man. I'm trying to play. I'm not going to hit him. Come on, this line. You're taking him out. Seriously. So, you know, I'm doing past Troy. Probably this the city, though. I don't do, uh, you know what I'm saying? Um, what's called? Uh, we ready. I'm doing this the city. Um, mm. And then finally. The last song that really, like, literally, I'm not even lying. This is the last song I hear when I'm about to get out of the car. Is, uh, Three Six Mafia, um, testing my gang. Oh, you pussy weight. Um, <laughs> bro. Oh, you pussy weight. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, man, I'm not like, it, when I get onto that field, man. And that's what I love about, you know, just athletics in general. Like, you, you can take on a different persona when you step on that field. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's true. You can channel that different energy and everything like that. And, like, that's what I love about a goalkeeper, too. Like, it allows me to just, like, be crazy and weird and different where, you know, in society's standpoint, you know, 
I'll probably catch a case, yeah. Uh, yeah. But on the field, you know, I can be crazy and everybody's like, oh, you know, that's Tony the goalkeeper. He's just a goalkeeper, you know, so – uh, yeah, I got in with a three six mafia test of my gangster. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like it. All right, man. We get this. This is a tough one. This is the tough listener question on a kickers fan, man. Uh, who is on your Mount Rushmore of all? Oh, a soccer. I know this could be a whole. That's what we end them with. Yes. Oh. All right, so I'm gonna throw out one stipulation right there. You have to choose one person from your club. The other three could be from whatever era or whatever. But you okay. have to choose one person. Oh, from okay. okay. One, um, I, I like it. I like it. Uh, uh, who want to be the sacrificial lamb? Who go up first? Oh, oh. Well, Elliot, I, you mean from the kicker? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I swear. Look, look, because you know you and me. No, I'm saying, you know, you and me, we man, you fans. I don't know if you meant that, but, I'm, you know. I can't claim like, man yeah, United I mean, on my taxes. I love Lane United, but, you know, Brad was on. Boo. He barely I'll go first. I'll keep it light and then let y'all keep thinking a little bit. All right. So, the, the one from my club. And you, you gotta go. You, you gotta go with Joseph Martinez. Man. He will go down as one of the greatest strikers in the league. He deserves a place in limestone up there on Mount Rushmore. Then I follow it up with Ian Wright, Arsenal legend. Ian Wright. Then I follow it up with right in the middle because you gotta have a, a, some, a, a woman holding it down. You gotta have Marta right there in the middle. On her, on her right, then you got to throw up Thierry Henry. Ain't no other like Thierry Henry up there. And then finally, finally would have to be Messi, man. Messi deserves to be up there on everybody's. <clears throat> yeah. I just want to point out that Ringo is set tripping. He started off as a man <laughs> United fan, and then he got fed up. And he went to Arsenal. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you called him. So I just want y'all to go. Hold on, wait a minute. If you got fed up with Man U and then you go to Arsenal, listen, man. Seriously, I like pain. I like pain. All right. Let me see. Let me oh, see. you like cocaine? That's what it is. <laughs> hell of a drug. Listen, man. Listen. So that's my Mount Rushmore. All right. Damn. So for mine, I got uh, from my club. I have Yombi. Um, he was like pretty much a superstar player when I started following the kickers. He was the center back. He was the captain. You know how Chelsea has John Terry. He was our John Terry, but 100% better human being. And, you know, <laughs> fuck people's lives. That, that's not hard to beat. Um, yeah, not hard to beat. Uh, no, just a little. I, I have Yambi in mind, too. Yeah. He, we call him in the Red Army, we call him Saint Yambi. That's to let you know what type of person yeah. he was. Thank Oh, he got that 5-5? Five, five? Oh, that yeah. Oh, yeah. Yo, he, he's the best center back I've ever seen live. Like, he is, he's, he's legit. He's awesome. And he's awesome. And he, it's like one of those people on the field, he don't play games, but when he come off, he's the nicest person you will ever meet. Yes. Um, so the rest of my Mount Rushmore, I have Clarence Seedorf, greatest black player I've ever seen live. Like, he is my all-time favorite player. Um, I have Mbappe. I'm also going to put out there, um, uh, Patrice Evra. <laughs> I'm putting him up there. Oh, he's a legend. 
Like Patrice is a legend. I don't care what anyone says. Like Patrice, in the next five years, I guarantee you, is going to be a manager somewhere. And it's going to be hilarious. Oh, he will. Oh, he's going to be hilarious. Um, let's see. That's four. My last one. I'm gonna go with. Uh, huh, who am I gonna go with? I'm gonna go. Oh, I'm gonna throw it back, and I'm gonna go with Edgar Davis because of the glasses. Edgar Davies, yeah, Davies man. I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm gonna go with you gotta get the glasses. You gotta go. To the go glasses. You okay. gotta get. Okay. I yeah. all right. So I'm gonna have to go. You know when I, when you say my club, you know the first club I fell in love with was Manchester United. So what team you got a go. ticket for? None. Never mind. Never mind. Exactly. I'll shut exactly. the hell up. Exactly. Uh, no, uh, but Manchester United wise, I'm at the go Schmeichel. I mean, he, Ooh, yeah. you know, as far as yeah. goalkeepers go, you know, I'm in, especially coming from the goalkeeper ranks, I got to have a keeper on that, that rush more. So, Smigel, to me, has been the best keeper I've ever seen. Um, and then, I hate to say it, though, Ringo stole two of mine, both Marta and Henri. I mean, I have literally Henri paintings on my wall at home, you know, even though he's an Arsenal person, but I mean, like, Especially being a brother, like nobody was silkier and smoother in our generation that we saw alive. Like, no, nope. the man literally. Patrice Abra. <laughs> now, come on, I'm I'm big ever fan now. Don't get like I mean, like, but Henri literally was passing the ball to the net. I mean, he like, was. nobody does that anymore. Um, from places you ain't got no business scoring from. <laughs> you said, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So I got, I do have Henri on there. I have Marta on there as well too because um, I've seen Marta play, you know, live and just the way she just like she dissects defenses apart and like also the fact that like you know players love playing with her, opponents fear her, but at the same time want to be her. Um, you know, it's she she's a beast. Um, and then my fourth, I gotta go with Maradona. I mean. Maradona, obviously. See, I knew you was pushing weight. I knew there was a reason why you was pushing weight. I knew there was a reason. Yeah, I was like, pre-coke or post-coke? All right. Yo, hey, no lie, though. Like, you talk about World Cup moments. One of my favorite World Cup moments was that World Cup he came back. And you know his ass was high. He scored that goal. He ran towards the camera. And I still miss that kit. Like, that's a kit that I don't see. Like, people reposting that Argentina kit with the – the blue with the black uh, diamonds down the side, um, that Adidas print. That mm-hmm. was one of the templates that I actually liked from Adidas back in the day. Mm-hmm. But um, when, when uh, I like him pre-Coke, of course, you know what I'm saying? Oh, that's hard to actually. Mm-hmm. When was pre-Coke? <laughs> you know, this was, is like the a- 8 Kobe or 24 Kobe. Like, it's pre-Kobe. <laughs> Which one? That's funny. Uh, that's funny. Uh, uh, Maybe post coke man. I mean, yeah, I don't know. But I'm out with Maradona. That's my final on the Rushmore. Hmm. All right, bring us home. All right. Um, I went, apart from the kicker's player, I went for players that after they left the game, the game had to change because of them. Um, First and foremost, the first face that you should see on that Mount Rushmore is Pele. 
Mm, yeah. Can, can I can I interject for a second? Uh huh. He ain't for the culture, but I digress. But anyway. No. Go ahead. <laughs> uh oh. Go ahead. That, that, we can have a whole episode about we that. We should. I'll put that down. <laughs> um, the second second one is, I mean, you said you got to put him on, on any top list, Messi, because, I mean, there's – the man is not human. <laughs> but does Messi has a pre-cocaine era and a post-cocaine cocaine era? No. <laughs> so no, maybe, that's the maybe that's why he hasn't won a world. Oh, Messi barely speaks. I need Messi to do some kind of drugs. I need to see a different side. That's a good argument. Messi's, Messi, yeah. Messi's Steph Curry, man. He, he, he's Steph, man. And I guess he barely can't. Nah, Messi, Messi from another planet. Messi from another planet. That's what the problem is. And and the thing is with him is you you – First ten minutes of any game he's in, you you barely notice he's there because he's just standing there, literally dissecting what's happening. Oh, he's sizing everything up. Yeah, he's sizing. He just he just he's literally he's, he's looking at everything. And then and then ten ten minutes in, that when Messi start running, then you know you're in trouble. Yeah, he's looking for the, the weaknesses for space. Yep. Yeah. So then um, I've got to go with my kicker player, Saint Yambi. I mean, when it, when anything starts to get rocky and Yambi ain't there, hurry. Once Yambi's there, we ain't got no problem. Um, and the last one for me is Johan Cruyff. There would be no Barcelona without Johan Cruyff, the Barcelona we know today. So I do definitely feel he has to be up there. But I mean, like that's like the like the. Top three moves a kid learns is the Cruyff. You know what I'm exactly. saying? So, like, you got to yeah. yeah. you show respect. Which is basically Barcelona right now, which has literally taken over the world. I mean, when you look at the way they play, it's like, I'm a Man U fan, but you've got to, you got to tip your hat to the way, I mean, especially during the big years, the years of Ronaldinho, of, of you know, oh, gosh. of Iniesta, Xavi. You, you see that like this style is unmatched, and that's Johan Cruyff right there. So he's definitely got to be up there. So those are my four. <laughs> I like it. I like it. That was that was a nice it was a nice mix, man. Well, um, yeah. man, thank y'all for being on the podcast, man. Go ahead and plug your podcast, plug your social. <laughs> um, you can follow us at River City ninety three on Instagram and Twitter. Um, personally, you can follow me on Twitter at that guy Yogi. Um, don't take anything I say seriously. I hate people, <laughs> so uh, don't take anything I take seriously. If you're offended, that's on you. Jesus, well, I pray for you. That's it. <laughs> yeah, you can you can catch me on Twitter, although I'm barely ever on there. Um, Cduce thirty four. All right, all right. Yeah. Uh, uh, all right, so, man, thank y'all for being on, man. Check them out, River City 93. You can check their podcast on all the podcast platforms. Whatever you use, man, you subscribe. You want to follow the kickers. They talk They talk outside the kickers. They talk about football from what we talk about on the show to the locals. So, man, tune in, you know, every week, man. They're dropping good content, man. Yeah. Oh, and also we're doing our rewatch series. I think me and Shannon are doing an episode soon uh, where we just go back and rewatch past kickers games. We just did Richmond versus Swansea, and we're about to do Richmond versus Charleston Battery. 
in the playoffs. Okay. Okay, that's what's up. That's, tight. that's a good way to pass the time. We need to steal that yeah. idea. <laughs> like yeah, that. yeah, I got to reminisce. We ain't got nothing. Uh, give us some content. Yeah, but um, yeah, thank y'all for tuning in to For the Culture Podcast, man. You know, check us out on the socials at FTC. UTD. Man, are we on all the socials, man. We on TikTok doing the dances. We are- no, 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 no. My health insurance no, won't allow it. No. It's a- no. Greg's on the TikTok, man. Doing a little, doing a, uh, give me something challenge, man. Greg's on. <laughs> hey, matter of fact, where's Don Key at? Where is Don Key? <laughs> he moving, man. He had, uh, he, he uh, got, he moved. He, we, he moved into the trap house too. So, man, we're going to start oh, okay. showing some visuals, man. So, he had, he had a little personal information to take care of. I was about to say, where's Don King at? <laughs> yeah, man, he busy. He, he texted me now. You guys still going? I'm like, bro, we got this, man. Hey, drop it. Drop it in the drop box, man. <laughs> <In the> drop box. <laughs> <laughs> but, man, once again, thank y'all for uh, fucking with us, man. Thank y'all for doing this episode. It's a great episode. Man, uh, if you guys like the show, make sure you like and subscribe. Leave a comment. Leave a review. Man, for Ringo, for Tony, Elliot, Shanita, man, this is for the culture podcast man and we out